Right now in North Korea, there are Christians that are being persecuted and killed simply because of their faith. Individuals that will not deny their faith. Think about it for a moment of someone visited your home this afternoon at 3 o'clock and said to you, you're going to have to either deny your Christian faith or we're going to take your child and right before your very eyes, we're going to take the life of your child. I can tell you what the prominent culture of American Christianity today is, God, you'll forgive me for this one time. In many parts of the world, there are no second chances. You don't get that privilege. You either stand strong for Jesus, but we know that's our biblical heritage. Look at the New Testament. Look at the early church. It's there. What do we as Americans do? It's one message, one message only. It is to finish up on the Beatitudes, and that will be tonight. Some of you are looking at my face. There's plenty of face to see. But I did have cancer, some type of cancer that was there. Uh, the uh, surgeons uh, took it out this past, I think, Thursday. So it's gone now. And uh, I've had several surgeons in my ear here. It just appears. I can get a facelift. Uh, so if I keep going, Pranay Patel is going to give me a complete facelift before it's over. Wow, you're not going to believe what I'm going to look like then. Unbelievable. <laughs> Beatitudes. Here we go. You ready? I'm going to tell you up front, some of you are not going to like this message. Okay? Uh, you're just not going to like it. There are parts of it I don't like. I mean, you drill down and thought, Lord, how mercy that hits me right between the eyes. You know, but... It is a message that we need to, it is a message that we need to hear, all right? So I'm, I don't expect you to shout me down. What I would like for you to do, any part that you don't like, don't just get up and walk out, okay? Because the minute you do, I'm going to call you down, buddy, right there. <laughs> just kidding. Don't try me. Beatitudes. Matthew 7, or Matthew 5, verse number 8, God blesses those whose hearts are what? Pure, for they will what? See God, message of pure in heart. We all want God's favor. We all want God's blessing. We believe today, God, what does it take to please you? Uh, we know that the culture says you got to have the right image. You got to have the right marketing. If you're an individual, you got to be handsome. You got to be beautiful. You got to have a head full of hair. You got to be intelligent. You got to be bright. And you, your second home has got to be the gym. And, uh, and, and if you do that, just maybe you got a chance to have favor with the culture in which we live in. God said, rats, I'm not into any of that. Here's what the Bible says. First Samuel 16, verse 7, man looks on the outward appearance for the image, but the Lord looks at the what? He looks at the heart. God said, I want to look at your heart. I want to look inside you because in the midst of your heart, I can tell you what your life is all about. Jesus stands there on the Sermon on the Mount. It's a new message. That bunch of Jews, that bunch of Gentiles that are listening, he, he's virtually giving them a new message because they're related to the law. If you just kind of pay attention to the law, the Ten Commandments, you got it made. If you show up once or twice a year to the temple, offer the lamb as a sacrifice, you got it made. Everything, everything is cool. Jesus stand there said, no, I'm going to interrupt your everyday life. I, I'm going to ask you to honor me, serve me, love me every day in your life. So he says, I'm going to give you the Beatitudes. I mean, the one about, boy, uh, turn the other cheek. That just really, that really got some of them. So, so we know in Matthew 5, verse 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. They will see God. What does that mean? What does pure mean? Oh, they have such a pure heart. You don't, you don't hear that much. They're pure in heart. But here's a word you do hear. The word for pure is integrity. 
We know about that word, integrity. Integrity in Scripture means blameless. Blameless, that means you're blameless. That, that means that, hey, God cannot say, hey, you're at fault here because you're blameless. Well, we all know that we're up the creek with that one because we all know that, wow, I have made mistakes. I still make mistakes. I make blunders. I don't make the right choices all the time. But the reality is your heart is integral and you say, God, I want to live a life that is pleasing to you. I want to do my best to do better tomorrow than I did today. So here it is. God might be interested or is interested more about why you do what you do than what you do. Why you do it. Why did you do that? What did you do? So God says, I'm going to look at the why first. There are many examples in scriptures of individuals who did the right thing. They did the right thing, but with the wrong motive. You know, if you, if you ladies knew, okay, uh, you, you, all right, Valentine's just passed by. I mean, if you got flowers, you know, if you got some flowers, and maybe you got a little chocolate, maybe you got a little honey note, you know, darling. Somebody else wrote it for you. You know what I mean. You signed your signature to it. You know, if she knew, if, if she heard you say to some of your buddies, you know, yeah, I got, I, got the, I got my old woman. Sir, don't ever call your wife your old woman. All right? That is, that, well, that's what my daddy did. Well, who said your daddy was right? Respect your spouse. Respect well, that runs two ways. She calls me old man. That's why you call her old woman. But anyway, I'm not chasing that rabbit. I told you some of you wouldn't like it already. So I'm going to leave it right there. But if you knew, he's talking with some of his buddies. Yeah, I got, my, I got my old woman. I got her some flowers. Got her a little candy. You know, that's what you do on Valentine's Day. You know, get a little, get a little flowers and get some candy. You know, she, she always likes it. That's why I got it, because everybody else does it. She heard you say that. You know what she's going to think? Is that why you did it? You did it because everybody else did it? You did it because it's just Valentine's Day? You did it because that's what it's... How about you did it because you love me? How about you did it because you adore me? How about you did it because you, 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 you honor me? How about you did it because not for everybody else, you did it just for me? How about you did it because you're deeply in love with me? How about you did it because you're more in love with me today than, than yesterday or the day before and when we got married? Hello, is anybody out there at all? How about you do it for the right motivation? the right motivation. Some of you gentlemen say, I don't have to worry about that. I didn't get her anything. I'm safe. Well, anyway, that's your challenge. Do the right thing, but with a wrong motivation is wrong. Number of leaders in the Bible didn't do the right thing. They didn't tear down some of the idols, some of the kings. When they were told to tear them down, they didn't do it. But you know, God looks at it and we know that God is interested in the direction of a, of a person's heart. We see all through scripture we saw all through Scripture places where people did numerous things, and yet they were not perfect things, and God looks at them and says, okay, uh, for example, who was it that he said, that, that's a man after my own heart? Josiah, is that who it was said about? Who says David? May I see your hand? You're all right. It was David. But you take a look at old Moses. Was he right all the time? No. How about Abraham? No. How about Paul? No. King David, he says, hey, God says, he's a man after my own heart. Well, let's look at the old boy. Here he is. He committed adultery. He murdered, 
He murdered the girl's husband. He pretended to be mentally insane to get out of a situation and did all kind of weird things. And God said, hey, he's a man after my own heart. What made him a man after God's own heart? Because he knew how to repent. Amen? He knew how to repent. His repentance was genuine. He didn't do the right thing all the time, but he was a man after my own heart. He knew the only way that he had hope and to get rid of sin and to be righteous unto God was to repent, and he knew how to do that well. Integrity is wholeness. To be whole again. To be whole again. Integer is a word that is used often in math. It represents a whole number. It's not a fraction. Integer is, a, is, is integrity. In other words, what you get, you're getting the whole thing, 100% of whatever it is, it is 100%. Integer uh, comes from a word, or the word interrogation comes from uh, integer. The word integration comes from the word integer. And integration is different than segregation. Segregation means that you divide things up and you separate different parts. You segregate your life, and seg seg segregating your life is not integral. You it's like a piece of pie, and you say, "Okay, I've got I've got several things. I've got a." I've got an at-home life. I've got an at-church life. I've got an office life. I've got a secret life. I've got a social life. And it means that you divide how you live up into different parts. That is not integrity. Here's integrity. It says it doesn't matter if you come to my house, if you see me on the job, you see me at church, you see me downtown, you see me in the mall. Here's what you're going to see. You're going to see the same person no matter where you find me, I'm going to be the same because I am a person of integrity and my life is a whole, holy and blameless and pure before God. Somebody say amen to that. Here's another word. It's uh, authenticity. In other words, that's authentic. Keep it real. Say that with me. Keep it real. You're not a fake. You're not a phony. Oh yeah, they're a bunch of hypocrites. Look at them. Any time at any one given moment, someone could probably point a finger at most of us and say, that ain't what God acts like. Anybody could take you to task. But you know why? Because you're not perfect. But I would say the majority of your life, you say, God, yeah, I slipped up, but I know how to repent, and I'm sorry. So the world out there could say the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. You've heard me say, I give it up. If a person says, well, all y'all are a bunch of hypocrites, I say, we flat are. But at least we recognize it, and we come to church to get rejuvenated and to get redeemed again in the presence of the power of God. And as long as our heart is intentional on living for Jesus and we ask forgiveness, we are good to go. Amen? Good to go. Wow. You see, they're in, a, in Greek culture, Plato and Socrates and Aristotle, uh, those guys that often would write plays. And, and some of the Greek plays, there'd be a guy that would come out with a different mask on, and he would play the part of that person with whatever that mask represented. Then he'd run backstage and come out, same guy, with a different part, with a different mask on, but it'd all be the same guy. They would, they would call that in the Greek term, hypocrites. Hypocrites, where we get the word hypocrite. 
threat. And they said, the guy is not the same person every time he comes on stage. What does it mean to be a hypocrite? It means you're not the same with everybody you know in every place you go. You, my friend, segregate your life according to the circumstance. That's not integral, and that is not pure. Unmixed emotions is something You see, it means that we do the right thing and we do it for the right reason. It's kind of like you pray. And you've got one prayer that you're praying alone. And then you have another prayer when you pray that you try to impress people. You ever listen to people's prayer? You should sometime. Oh, thou almighty God, holy one of all of Israel. (laughs) Who, Who cares? What's wrong with our Father? Amen? Because that's who you are. That's real. Our Father. Our Father. Oh, holy God of Israel. And you even change your voice. God's not impressed. Everybody understand? You see, we don't pray to impress people. Neither should we pray to impress God. Why? Because He knows our heart. What about just praying straight out from your heart? Amen? And just tell it to God just like it is. That's what God is impressed with. And here's something else. God is more concerned about your character than he is your reputation. All right? You know what? Your reputation is going to die, but your character is going to live on. What kind of man, what kind of woman were they? Young people, your character is being developed right now. Be sure you develop it in a way so that those know you know that you are the real thing. Proverbs 3 says, the Lord hates people with twisted hearts, but he delights in those who have integrity. What is a twisted heart? A twisted heart is a perverted heart, a deceitful heart, a phony heart. It says that, that you're not real. Well, if we're going to live an integral life, we're going to live a pure heart, with a pure heart, for we're going to see God. We're going to have integrity, because integrity means blameless and pure. How are we going to do that? What are some areas? Number one, when you live with integrity, you live with a pure heart. Just turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're going to need to listen now, real close. That's right, you're really going to need, here it is. You have a personal confidence. You know, the best thing about telling the truth is you don't, you don't have to work trying to remember what you said if you tell the truth. Amen? You don't have to worry about telling. You, know, you just know. You see, you have a different kind of confidence when you know that you're integral in what you do. People get the real you. Now, everybody knows your faults. Or not everybody, but the people that know you may know some of your faults. I mean, I'm wide open up here. What you see is what you get. I try not to hide it, but I promise you, there are things about me that I don't want you to know. You're not gonna, I'm not going to tell you my chest size. That's a secret. It's a man's man. But anyway, here we go. But, but the point is, is this. People want the real you. You see, you know that when you have integrity, you have a confidence to say, you know what? I'm on solid footing. And here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 10, 9. Hope you're taking copious notes. People with integrity have a firm footing, but those who follow crooked paths will slip and fall. 
So person of integrity, I know where I stand on the issue, and I don't have to worry about falling. I'm not, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to slip away, and that culture is not going to push me aside. I'm standing on the Word of God, Proverbs 11.3. Here it is. The integrity of the honest keeps them on track. So I'm honest. You know, I'm not trying to hide, give you a different life. You don't have to wander through life. When you face decisions, you can know through the power of prayer that there is purity of heart. Here's, here's number two. With integrity, you have a lasting legacy. Now, some of you younger people, you may not legacy. What's that all about? But those of you that are older, you're concerned about leaving a legacy. We may not realize, but how many times that we have our greatest legacy is integrity. That person was a person of character and integrity. And a legacy will go from generation to generation to generation. You could say, well, man, he, he had all the money, he had power, he had influence, he had trophies, he had positions, he had all of that. But the bottom line is, all of those are going to be gone someday. The trophies, the money, someone else is going to have it. But there's one thing that people cannot take away from you, and it is you have integrity of your character that is a lasting legacy. Buddy, what you saw is what you got in that person. They were honest. They were hardworking. They were godly. Proverbs 20, verse 7, a righteous person lives on the basis of his integrity. Blessed are his children leaving a lasting in a legacy where your children means, man, when I think about honesty, I think about my mom and dad. When I think about hard working, I think about my mom and dad. When I think about how to manage life as a Christian in tough situations, I, I think about my mom and dad. When I, when I think about what it means to persevere, I, I think about my mom and dad. When I think about church and faithfulness, I think about my, my mom and dad. They were integral. That, that's what I believe about, about them. Job was that way. Even though he was uh, suffering as a result of, of God's permission, uh, he stood strong even though his friends and family tried to reduce him down to nothing. In Job 8, verse 5, he said, if you pray to God and seek the favor of the Almighty, if you are pure and live with complete integrity, God will rise up and restore your happy home and though you start with little, you will end up with much. How does it happen? By living the life of integrity. He had twice as much at the end of his life than when he started with. And some of you may be going through tough times, challenging times, difficult times. You may say, I've messed up. I've lost my integrity. I've, I've lost my, I'm, my name has been, has been tar or tarred a little bit, but I'm going to start and begin again. With integrity, living with a pure heart, you get rewards in eternity. Those that are pure will see God. Matthew 25, 21, well done. You're a good and trusted servant because you were faithful with small things. I'll now put you in charge of much greater things. Come here and share your master's happiness. Two words, you were faithful in little things. You're faithful in little things. And what does that mean? Real integrity is not what we see in the big picture of a person's life that's out there in the middle. Everybody can see it. The integrity is what they see behind or what they may not see behind closed doors. How do you live when you're in the car running down the highway with your spouse? How do you live behind closed doors? when? What do you watch behind closed doors when no one else is looking? That person is faithful and integral 
in the little things. That's the value and the depth of integrity. Boy, they made a great decision. Did you see what they just did? No, what God says, I want to look on the heart and I want to see what you did in the little areas of your life. How many times have I fallen? But God says, I want to get up. How do you manage your decisions when, when it's just you? I had, a, I had a situation one time that uh, I, I went to the bank and, and I had a $500 check that I wanted to get cashed. And so I got, got the $500 check and walked out and, and got in the car and I just had a check you know, my heart, my million, or maybe out of count. And I, well, before I left the parking lot, I just took it open. You know, looked like because it, it was five one hundred dollar bills. Looks like five hundred dollar bills. Feels like five hundred one dollar bills. You know, et cetera, et cetera. I got on down the road, and I kept having that check. How many of you know that was the Holy Spirit? He checked you. How many believe that's the Holy Spirit? I, I just want to be sure you're spiritual this morning. So I pulled over, and I. I counted out. It was new $100 bills. I go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I thought all of my ministry, my whole ministry. <laughs> I've heard of people multiplying the money. You turn the water into wine. My whole ministry, I've looked for something like this to happen to me. My whole ministry, God, you multiplied it. How wonderful it is. How come you couldn't do the tenfold like you did for others in the Bible, you know? And then that same spirit checked me and said, you need to turn around. Turn around. Like turn around and go back where I just came from. Yeah, turn around. Like turn around. I mean, there's a median there. It's not easy to turn around, you know? I mean, if you want me to turn around, make it easy, okay? I mean, I, I, I know I could jump over the median, but, you know, turn around. So I thought, no, let me check again. So to be sure, it's a new one. All right, now, let's count them. Sure enough, seven. I went back to the bank. I wanted to walk in and said, listen, everybody. If you want God to make money for you, go to that lady right there, that teller. She's the one. She, she, she's, she's the one. She can't count. Okay? So, so you just go to her, everybody. I walked up and kind of waited, waited my turn. Did you hear that? I already had to turn around. Then I had to wait my turn. So I waited my turn, and I said, you know, I was just in there. Yeah, yeah. Pastor, how are you doing? Pastor. I said, you, you my check there? Take a look at it. I said, she said, yeah, it's 500. I said, would you count this? She said, sure, sure, I'll count it. Well, she didn't do this. She goes, that little stuff they have, you know. Six, seven, oh, my God. And I didn't say, hey, y'all, look at her. She counted out and said, I am so sorry. I thought, I wish I could have said that. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I said, uh, here's your 200 back. She took 200 out. I thought, just in case God's not doing something, count the ones that you have left, just to be sure. That was five, she was 500. I said, thank you. She said, thank you so much. 
months. I would have been in big trouble when I cashed out. Thank you so much. You see, those are the little things. How many of that's ever happened to you? All right. How many of that's never happened to you? If you'll see me, I'll give you the name of the bank and that lady's name. You know, you might as well at least have one moment in your life. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare do that. Well, what does a person look like? What does a person look like if they're trying to live an integral life? Here it is. It's found in Psalms 15, 1 through 5. Make a note of that scripture. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who's going to see God? Then he gives us a litany. Who may live in your holy hill? He who walks, or he's whose walk is blameless and who does what's righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath even when it hurts, who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Who may stay in your sanctuary and live in your holy mountain? It's, it's the man who's filled with a pure heart and integrity. But I want to break those down for you because I know you're seriously interested in those. We want to be in the purpose and the power and the presence of God. Now, right here is where we're getting really, really serious. How do I practice integrity based on that scripture right there? By keeping your promises. Turn to your neighbor and say, I keep my promises. Go ahead. I keep my promises. Do you now? People of integrity keep their word. They do what they say, and they do it when they say they're going to do it. And if they don't, they're going to call and let you know that they can't do it. Are you all with me? This is yard talk, plain old yard talk. Proverbs 25, 14. People who promise things, they never give are like clouds and wind that bring no rain. It's worthless. And we all know of people, yeah, you can't believe a word they say. What a wonderful legacy that person is going to live. Oh, they make all kind of promises. Oh, yeah. In other words, it's smoke and mirrors. It's interesting. How many of you have ever made a promise to God and said, God, I promise. I'm going to do better. This is what I'm going to do. And it is a spiritual promise, and it's a vow. Have you kept it? Are you keeping it? Say, well, I made it, but I wasn't in my right mind. Cop out. Psalms 15, verse 4. God blesses the one who walks with integrity, pure heart, who keeps his promises even when it hurts. Even when it hurts. So let's say, let's say that I decide to have a garage sale, of which I don't. But let's say I'm going to have a garage sale. And the first person that comes up, I've got an article. See, it's it's article. You you guys know, but but it's an article. And a guy comes up and says, "Hey, that's nice, you know." Well, if, if I'm having a garage sale and it's in it, it means that I don't need it. So if it's not anything that I don't need, I'm not going to say, you know, because it's like, well, how much you want for that, Mister? <laughs> fifty bucks. How about fifty bucks? Well, okay, $50, $50, is your, yeah, absolutely, $50, good. You know, I, I just live uh, just around the block there, 
and let me run, uh, you take checks, rather have cash. Well, it'll take me a few minutes to get cash. I said, good, 50 bucks right there, you got it. Somebody else comes up, 10 minutes later, that guy is, uh, hasn't, hasn't come back yet. And he says, oh, he picks up that article. And uh, he says, wow, how much you take for that? And I says, well, I, I, uh, I think that's sold. He says, wow. He said, do you know anything about that? Well, no. He said, that's probably worth 550 bucks. Well, now see, I'm beginning to like what that article is now. It's like, okay, it's, are you sure? Yeah. I just saw one the other day, $550. Hey, but listen, since you got your, I'll give you $350. You'll give me $350 for that? Now, I'm not telling him that somebody offered me $50 and they're running back to the house to get the cash money. I said, you, you will give me $350. That's right. And I look up and the other guy's coming. And I tell this guy, if you don't mind, go over there about 50 yards. You know, over there. The guy comes up and said, here's your cash. I said, well, listen, uh, I've got new information. I didn't know what it was worth, but I know I told you $50, but, but I've, I've had more information come since I told you that. <coughs> you have? Yeah. It's my understanding that it's worth $550. Now, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you a deal. If you'll just give me a couple hundred dollars, I'll sell it to you. You see that man right over there? <coughs> He's already going to give me $350. So if you'll just give me a couple hundred dollars, it's yours. Now that's not integrity. Because I already told him I'll take $50 and I gave him opportunity to go get his cash to come back. It's his for $50. Now my mind, math is a steel trap. <laughs> I could have been thinking, I'll tell you what, I'm going to sell it to you. Here it is for 50 bucks. There's, give me your $50. Now listen, I really would like to have that back. Why don't I just give you $125? You just gave me 50. I'll give you 75 extra dollars. That's $125 if you can. I buy it back from me. Well, absolutely, man. I'm making money right here in your yard. Okay, that's $125. I'm going to go over to the man who offered me $350, and I'm going to say it's yours for $350. You see, that, you have to watch that kind of thinking. Do you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, not, that's not integral. Somebody said it's not. <laughs> but that's be faithful in the small things. Why would I want to let a man leave there and said, yeah, 
He, he, he offered me for 50, but somebody else offered a higher price. What kind of legacy am I going to have? What kind of name am I going to have? What kind of reputation am I going to have in that person right there? How will I ever win if that person's not right with Jesus, ever talk to him about God? I just blew my integrity. Here's, here's, what, it, here's what it means. Keeping the promises and understand, we know that God blesses the man who walks in integrity and keeps his promises, and we understand. And here's another way, by paying our bills. I know this is so simple. Paying your bills is a big deal to God because it, it expresses financial integrity. I pay my bills. The Bible says over and over, the way to use your money is to test of integrity. And sometimes people, not any of you, spend more than you make. And when you spend more than you make, you, don't get, yourself, you get yourself in debt to the degree that you cannot pay it back. And when you get to that place, then that's a challenging issue. Psalms 20, or 37, verse 21, a wicked man borrows but never pays back. He borrows but he never pays back. No intention of paying it back. Never. You see, we don't defraud the government. We don't cheat on our taxes. Say amen. We just don't do it. We give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And what does the Bible say? Romans 13, 6 and 7. The authorities are working for God. Pay what you owe them. Pay your personal and property taxes. Pay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. It doesn't matter what Caesar looks like if it's that person in authority over government. Well, I ain't paying because the government is just wasting my money. Change your attitude. You probably are correct in some areas. But being in America, still the greatest nation on the face of this earth, my friend, and don't ever forget that. Here's what I am responsible for. When it's in my hand, I have to be integral in what it is. Now, here's one that I'm, I don't even know why I'm bringing this point up, but it was a part of Psalms, but I just feel I need to say it. You're integral by refusing to gossip. That's called relational integrity. You don't talk one way with one group of people and then turn around behind their back and knife them in the back and talk about them. That's plain old gossip. You don't flatter someone and butter them up because you're trying to get something out of them and turn around and cut them off at the knees. That's just pure gossip. And the Bible says that do you know that when you accept, here it is, you accept stolen goods, it's the same criminal indictment as stealing it. If you accept it and it's stolen, it's like you stole it. So accepting gossip is the same as offering gossip. And we don't gossip, do we? Say amen. Proverbs eleven thirteen: a gossip can't be trusted with a secret. But someone of integrity will not violate a confidence. Can you keep a secret? Now listen, don't, don't tell us so. All right? But I just, feel, I just feel you need to know. You know why? Because you can't keep your mouth shut. Is that yard talk? Oh, so you come over here and say, I really wasn't, you know, I really, you know, I, I don't know, but, but we need to pray. I mean, I wasn't supposed to, 
you know, really, they want it. I know they wouldn't want it. But listen, I, you're my friend, and, and I know you know how to pray. So I, I just feel like that, oh, hallelujah, that we need to pray together to try to help them through. Did you know what she did? I mean, absolutely. She thinks she's a little saint in the church. The reality is, oh, Lord, hallelujah. I t- just listen. It just shouldn't be. We are going to have to bind together and believe God that, that oh, God, oh, do we just going to have to bind together. I don't care whose name you say it in. If you're telling and you're not supposed to, you are a gossip. You're making my wounds hurt. Small groups. Small groups. We say, hey, keep it among yourselves in the small groups. Don't go to a small group and somebody becomes, just opens their heart and you go tell everybody else. Put it on Facebook. Put it on, put it on Snapchat. It'll disappear. Yeah, but it's there. Instagram, Twitter, Tweeter, Pooter, whatever it is you want to call it. You don't put it out there. Why? Because, hey, you lose it. Proverbs 10, 18 says, anyone who spreads gossip is a fool. And what is a fool in danger of? Hellfire. Y'all not responding very well here this morning. How true is that? Here's another one. We'll get on down the road. Okay, number four. By, by, here was another one. I thought, God, I, I don't really need to share, but the Holy Spirit pressed me by being faithful in your tithe. Your tithe doesn't belong to the Red Cross. The Bible said, bring ye the tithe, the whole tithe, into the house of God. The Bible says tithing is a test of integrity. That when we put our trust in him, do we put God first? That's the answer. Wherever, whatever you put first is usually, that's where your heart is. And where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So I just thought, just in case, Malachi 3, is it right for a person to cheat God? What's the answer? No, of course not. You are robbing me, says the Lord. How? You ask by withholding your full tithe and offering, bring to me the full amount of your tithe to my house. Put me to the test and you'll see that I will open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have enough room to receive it all. That's the promise and it is a test as it relates to money. Money is talked about more than any other subject and giving and stewardship in the Bible, even more than heaven or hell. Enough said. Here's another. By doing your best work. If you're an employer or supervisor and you give oversight to people, you're going to love this one. Everybody, by doing your best work, that's called vocational integrity. You don't slough off when the boss is not watching. You don't waste time in the break room all the time. You don't take extra breaks when the boss is on vacation. You don't text and use your personal phone all the time while you are on the clock. You don't play solitaire on the computer when you're supposed to be clocked in. The reality is your boss is not your boss. God is your boss, and he sees everything. God desires that you give a full day's work for a full day's wages, and you don't slack off. You might say, well, my office culture, that's the way it is. We take breaks all the time. Well, they may not be followers of Jesus, but you are. Set a positive example and say, I clocked in. 
I agreed to work this many hours for this much money, and I'm going to give it everything that I have. Somebody say, amen. Well, back it up, preacher. Here it is, Proverbs 18, 9. Slack habits and sloppy work are as bad as vandalism. As bad as vandalism. You say, well, my boss really doesn't mind how much that I make personal phone calls and how much I text and tweet and Twitter. Well, let me make a deal with you. I see a couple of employers over here. You just go up to your boss after a work day on Monday and say, you know what, boss? I know, you know, you said you don't mind. And at least you've never said anything, so I assumed you didn't mind. He didn't see you. But I, I was on my personal phone today tweeting for about an hour and 45 minutes. I promise you, any boss worth their salt, now they're concerned. And they go ahead Tuesday say, hey, today, man, I beat yesterday for two hours. For two hours, he's going to get really concerned. By the end of the week, when Friday comes, you move right on past hum day, and so I spent most of the afternoon. And I did that. You know, you know why that's important? It's like, okay, if I've got that much time, why don't you go to your boss and say, you know what, right now is a slack time. Is there anything else that you need me to do? Somebody said, are you preaching in tongues? <laughs> the Living Bible says, a lazy employee is as destructive as a saboteur. It means that you are sabotaging your boss's business. Ephesians 6, 6, here it is. Don't work hard only when your master is watching and then shrink or shirk when he isn't looking. Work hard and work with gladness all the time as though working for Christ, doing the will of God with all your heart. We can be people integrity. Paul writes in Colossians, don't just do the minimum that will get you by, do your best. Paul writes Colossians 3.23, work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Somebody say amen. Somebody said, I've about had enough of this. That's good. Here's the last point. Be real with others. How many of you like a fake? I don't. Be real with others. Don't fake it. Be authentic. Don't pretend. Don't pretend. Be genuine. Consider it a compliment when people say of you, particularly if you're in the public eye, there is real in the public eye as they are in the grocery store. There is real on the stage as they are at home. You see the same person. 2 Corinthians 4, 2, we refuse to wear masks, play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes, and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say open 
before God. God, I want to be blameless. What you see is what you get. I want to hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so how do we know? Psalms 119.9, how can I keep my way pure? How do I keep my way pure? How do I live the way that you just spoke about? By living according to, or, to your word. Living according to God's word. God, I want to live according to this book. I don't want to get caught up in culture. I, I want to live this way. I want to live. St. Augustine said, and I quote, the confession of bad works is the beginning of good works. So to say I've blown it, I messed it up, I've failed, I admit it, I make mistakes, I admit it, I need forgiveness, I'm asking for it, and God, this is what I've done wrong, I want to tell you about it. And then pick up your heart and your character and move forward in Jesus' name. You don't want to be known as a liar. You don't want to be known as a gossip. You don't want to be known as a hypocrite by the majority of your friends. I don't think you do. You want to be known as a genuine believer and follower of Jesus Christ. You don't want to be known as other people as deceitful and as stingy and selfish and angry. Someone asks about you, oh, they got a temper that won't wait. How, do you want to be known because of your temper? You want to be known for your anger? We don't want to do that. Tell you what, if you see that man, if you see that woman, you're going to see a person that's as fine a follower of Jesus as you're ever going to meet. That's what I want them to say about you and me. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, put your hands together, and let's give the Lord a clap offering. Here we go. Let's bow our heads. Would you do that? Maybe you're not right with Jesus. Maybe you come to realize, I've been faking Christianity for a while. I, I tell people, ask me, yeah, I'm going to heaven, but I'm not living it. And I know it. I need, I need to get things reconciled with Jesus. Well, there's a way to do it, and you can't fake it because God knows. God knows. He sees the heart, the abundance of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. You can't say hallelujah, hallelujah at church and around your Christian friends and go and use language that is filthy. Well, it's not cursing, it's just slang. Stop it. Stop it. Let, let your light shine in a way that brings pleasure to the Lord. So maybe you're here and you're not right. Or maybe you're here and you say, well, I am right, but I'm struggling with this. When you mentioned anger, it rang a bell. I just, well, listen, the best decision you'll ever make is the decision you choose to stick with. I'm not going to blow up anymore, and I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to make myself accountable to those that know and love me and tell them, if I blow it again, bring it to my attention right then and there. Tell me. And when I do it again, if I do it again, pray with me right then and right there. Because that's not how I want to be known. That's not who I want to be. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like the person pastor is talking about, pure and blameless, person of integrity. It's what I want to be. It's what I want to be in Jesus' name.
just in case. I'm going to ask all of us to repeat this prayer. Would you do that? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus forgive, me. forgive me. I misbehaved. misbehaved. I, have I have sinned. I've made bad decisions. Made bad decisions. I've, used poor judgment, I've used poor judgment, and I need your forgiveness. Need your forgiveness. So I'm confessing right I'm now confessing right that without you, I am a sinner, but with you, I am redeemed by the grace of God. Help me stand firm in my faith with you. Help me not to compromise and be swept away by popular opinion, but let me be a man of God. Let me be a woman of God. Let me be a person of God that brings pleasure to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Are we good? Are we good? We can move that needle a, a little bit. If you need prayer in your body, the Bible says in James 5, pay attention to God. You got to do it his way. Pay attention to God. You need prayer or you prayed that prayer. And you say, hey, I'm not ashamed. I need help from God. And you need healing or you want to stand up for someone. I can tell you it works. So as we sing this, stay with me. I'll give the benediction in a moment. Who knows what God might be ready to do right now. You come if you need prayer. Then we'll give you the benediction. Here we go.